On this week's episode, we talk about our early impressions of the Steam Deck OLED, the current state of the Knights of the Old Republic remake, The Last of Us Part II remastered being officially revealed, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth's surprisingly short exclusivity window, Sony is being sued for $7.9 billion, and more. All of that tonight, but first, on to that beautiful bean intro. Welcome to the place where PC and console gaming talk combine. This is the Orange Box Podcast, Episode 7. I am your host, the man whose life story was written by Hideo Kojima, Nathan, also known as the Frozen Gamer 87. And joining me is the man whose life story was written by Tetsuya Nomura, my <laughs> co-host, Justin, better known as I am Zarek. How you doing today? I am doing quite well. It's, it's been an interesting week, and I think the first thing I'll say is that I I did my homework this week. I watched yes. the Super Mario Brothers movie. Okay, and? I, I heard it was good. I simply didn't realize how much I actually would enjoy it, uh, especially especially considering how much of a of a cold-hearted person I am toward Nintendo. I think right. that that movie really just warmed my heart in a lot of ways. Good. And good. Watching that movie was like when I first saw the original Lego movie in theaters, just because it was such a fun film. Mm-hmm. It's something that I would have loved to have seen as a child, and seeing it now, it, it, it still was great. I loved all the references in the film mm-hmm. from something that was maybe a little more obscure, something that a lot of people have recognized or seen, hearing the music from the games throughout mm-hmm. the movie. I thought that the voice acting was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, the story, it wasn't complicated, but it was still something that was pretty decent. So right. I, I had a good time with it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I had a good time with it. Um, it's definitely it definitely trumps every adapt every adaptation film that I've seen mm-hmm. so far. It's trumped Sonic the Hedgehog. It's trumped Detective Pikachu. Only thing I would say, and this is because it's not, te- it's technically not a, uh, a, a a film adaptation, but because there are references, that's why I sort of categorize it as a, a video game movie. I'm not certain if I if it beats Wreck-It Ralph for me, but I feel like it's so close there that I would have to watch both of them one after the other and then determine which I actually like more. But the fact that it's... It easily cleared every other video game movie that I've seen before, so kudos there. <laughs> well, that's... I, I'm really glad to hear that you enjoyed it. Um, like... The one thing that makes me not like Wreck-It Ralph as much is Sarah Silverman, because I can't stand her. <laughs> I, she is... I, it doesn't matter how much she tries to make her voice sound cutesy, she still sounds like Sarah Silverman. <laughs> that constant uh, demeaning, like, I'm better than you... I, I can't think of what the word is that I'm trying to think of that uh, describes her, but it's... Uh, I, I guess you could say it rhymes with witch... Um, uh, but there's, 
that's not the word I'm actually thinking of, though. I'm I'm trying to think of, of uh, what it is. Condescending. Yes, condescending. That's 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 at least one of them. I'm not sure if that's the one I was thinking of, but either way, yes. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand her. But, and I will say, you know, probably like my one gripe with the Mario movie is, even though Peach has some explanation for why she's as capable as she is you know the fact that she grew up in the mushroom kingdom and everything she's just grown up knowing how all this stuff works and so all that she's still a little too much of a girl boss and like i, I think about it if, if i met someone like her in real life i would not want to be in any way um attached to her the way that mario is supposed to be because i, I still think she's She's too much of that girl power thing. And I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> uh, anything else about your week? Um, yeah, so I bought a uh, PS5 controller okay. since those are starting to be on sale now. Nice. And I got it just because I went, I've uh, been using a switch pro controller over on linux just because that's the only one that's worked my xbox controller i haven't figured out how to get that to work gotcha i heard that the ps5 one works so i tried that it took me a while to understand that i didn't necessarily need to pair it with linux as long as i have steam up it automatically mm. connects and works um so right out of the box and actually two of the games that i sent you video play uh, video game footage of were actually played with the okay uh, with the dual sense controller so it works pretty well um i think the only thing that i have to actually get to work is to actually figure out how to get to work wirelessly uh because mm -hmm. for some reason it's still not connecting or showing up it, it, well it shows up but it just doesn't connect and so i've been only playing it wired so okay. i'm just gonna see how if i can get that to work later on so we'll see how that goes yeah, um, I will say one thing that could potentially be what you need to do with your Xbox controller, because I had to do this, because mine stopped working the other day with uh, with both my PC and my Steam Deck, was just um, opening up the Xbox application or even going to their site and up updating the firmware for the controller. Okay, <clears throat> okay. That's what I had to do for that, um, and... Um, should theoretically fix the problem. I mean, granted, I haven't tried it in, like, Linux proper. I've only done it with the Steam Deck and um, then, of course, normally on PC, but um, yeah, that that theoretically should fix the problem. So. Okay. But what, what do you think of the DualSense? How do you like it? Um, not bad. I haven't used anything that technically uses it to its full capabilities. Right, right. Um, I mean, I've fiddle around with the touchpad just because that sort of works uh, as a mouse. Mm -hmm. uh, so it works there. I'm glad to, <laughs> glad to be able to use um, analog triggers though because mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get at least use an Xbox or if not do, do that get a dual sense because mm -hmm. I really wish that Nintendo used analog uh, right. triggers instead of using digital so, but I mean, overall, it's fine. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, it doesn't feel wrong. It doesn't feel bad, like, to mm -hmm. hold. Um, I mean, it's been a while since I've 
used a PlayStation controller. I think the last one I used probably was, or at least what I've owned was just the uh, PS1. Um, wow. That's a lot. I mean, I mean, I've played PS2 controllers okay. at a friend's house and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but as far as just what I personally played, it was the PS1. Gotcha. So, I, th I mean, it works. It does a good job. So, I mean, I don't have any complaints. Um, yeah. I'll, it'll be interesting, though, to see if... Because I think that I read that Sony actually did allow... Or they did provide certain drivers. So, the haptic feedback is supported um, in Steam. So, it'll be interesting to actually try a game that uses that uh, haptic feedback, especially with or at least with the triggers, and seeing how that works and feels, because right. I've heard it's good. I don't know if it's really much of a gimmick, per se, or if it's something that actually could be useful in the future of gaming. Yeah, um, so I, I have I have DualSense as well. Um, I, I bought it, I don't know, like probably a year and a half ago, and I, I use it whenever I play the PlayStation titles, just because... I don't, it feels a little more natural for the most part, unless I'm playing on the Steam Deck, in which case, you know, that doesn't matter. Um, but the the haptic feedback, honestly, it ends up being very similar to HD Rumble. Um, it's not drastically different, in my opinion. The adaptive triggers are interesting. I think it's cool that it can do that, because, like, um, the, the game where I really, like, made use of that was in... Um, Ratchet and Clank ripped apart, and um, so so like certain guns, what it will have is that it'll like stop halfway through f to do like a, a basic like one one attack on a gun, and then if you pull it all the way, then it will do you know a, a different attack with the gun, and um, it's kind of cool how it stops like that, but at the same time, it's also kind of annoying, and it just feels like it's more of a gimmick than anything else. Um, I know that, you know, PlayStation fans think that's heresy that I'm saying that, but I, and granted, I didn't play a ton of the game that way because I got it like right before I went on a trip. And so I ended up playing the majority of that game on Steam Deck and, and Steam Deck handles it differently because it doesn't have those adaptive triggers. Um, in some cases it's just literally holding down the, the left tr trigger to and and then using the right trigger in order to get the same functionality but i just i found that it, it just wasn't like something where I, I wasn't blown away by it i kind of just found it to be okay this is uh okay <laughs> I, I'll, I'll i'll see if i like it any better like when i get to playing horizon forbidden west next year after that comes to pc but i don't know cool anything else um no that's those, those have been pretty much the highlights except for well what we'll talk about later but yeah right yeah of course um so my week has been pretty busy um lots of stuff at work and all that this past weekend we had to uh basically get the house fully cleaned um because we're hosting for thanksgiving tomorrow uh, at the time of recording and um so of course with the, with the the way that we had to do it was our our living room is hardwood floor and um we have like four let's see we have 
three full-size couches, one of which is a recliner couch, and then a love seat, recliner love seat, and then a couple of recliners besides that. And so we move, we had to move those out of the way, and then basically we swept everything um, from underneath those into a pile in the middle of our living room. So there's just like trash and toys and other random stuff because you know it's three young kids and <laughs> um, you know lots of dog hair and everything else and then of course just random stuff from like around the edges because it's pretty pretty much open floor plan for for our house and you know we, we spent the whole day going through that and then you know all the other cleaning stuff that my wife and I needed to do separately between dishes and whatnot and um, we've had issues off and on with fleas in our house mm-hmm. which are you know, it's 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 one thing having it happen to the, the pets, but it's another thing when they get in bedding, and mm-hmm. it sucks. Now, I've never experienced firsthand bed bugs. I mean, like I worked at a hotel for years, so I I know what to look out for with those and everything. I've never had to deal with them, but fleas are just it's miserable. Because the the biggest problem with them is that they're tiny and, you know, like half the time you don't even see them, but you wake up super itchy. And I mean, there, there was like a period of time where I actually was the only one who was waking up itchy. And I thought that it was something wrong with, you know, something I was doing. Like, is it a dietary thing? Is it? Like, I'm suddenly having an allergic reaction to the detergent that we're using for washing the sheets or, you know, what is it? And then eventually I actually saw one of the fleas and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a flea. And then in time, they ended up spreading all over the house and we were all dealing with them. We were able to, at one point, get rid of them through meticulous vacuuming and spraying and they were gone for a while, but then they came back earlier this year, and um, I don't remember when it was that they came back. But so I, I had to spend a bunch of time over the weekend and up, up through today doing a bunch of vacuuming and spraying to hopefully completely get rid of them again. And it's just a matter of doing what we can to see if we can keep that up and hopefully just not have them come back again because they're terrible um so yeah all of that being said the house is we've been able to keep the house clean since the weekend and tomorrow people are coming over most of the stuff is prepped the turkey's brining right now we'll be ready to go for putting in the smoker tomorrow and we don't have a whole lot of cooking we have to do tomorrow because we've done a lot of the stuff we needed to do ahead of time um, speaking of which, um, so the, the, the things that I am making, of course, I'm smoking a turkey, which I've done, I've done it the past two years before this, and it's amazing. It's so good. So juicy and flavorful and fantastic. Although that does remind me I need to put more chips in the, more smoker chips in the smoker, but, um, anyway, and, uh, we, we stuff the turkey with, with stuffing, which I know not everybody likes it. Uh, the really wet stuffing, but when you get the turkey juices in there, it just makes the stuffing so much better. But then I'm also making a cornbread stuffing, 
with homemade uh, smoked bacon, as well as uh, smoked um, bell peppers and um, I can't remember what else I usually put in. I think it's like usually I do like chicken broth and a little bit of sage and I can't remember anything else. A lot of times I just kind of fake it because I don't have an actual recipe. I just I just make it. So um, <laughs> and then my wife made a pumpkin roll, which is delicious. And my sisters and and their families are bringing various things as well. We have some friends bringing some stuff too. And oh, the best one of my favorite things for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving morning. Um, this is a tradition that was started. I think 2017 is when we started it. Um, we we got this recipe from from friends. Super simple. It's just crescent rolls, like the, the ones you get out of a tube. If I can make them from scratch, I would, but I haven't been able to figure out how to do that properly. Um, and then you stuff them with a mixture of breakfast sausage and cream cheese. Huh. And it's like, it's not good for you, but it's so <laughs> delicious. <laughs> so incredibly delicious. My kids love them, and we always do them for Thanksgiving and Christmas every year. So. I'm going to have to make a note of this right now just to, it's, <laughs> for later. It's super good. And then, and then um, we have a, a different appetizer that... But um, both of these are, are things that we got from, from a friend back in 2016. But um, it's a feta artichoke dip. Artichoke hearts and feta and, and red bell peppers. And it's just like a really creamy, delicious dip. And then you do it with like wheat thins or, or you know, whatever kind of cracker you like and it's like, ugh, it's good stuff. Appetizers to hold us over until dinner time and probably eat way too many of them. But <laughs> that's that's the fun thing about Thanksgiving is being able to enjoy all the good food. Anyway, I obviously went way off on a tangent. Um, I'm ready for Thanksgiving, though. Thanksgiving is, is one of my favorite holidays, for sure. Mm. You know, Christmas will be even better because Christmas I get two weeks off. You know, you pay time off and all that, so that'll be fun. But anyway, what have you been playing this past week? Alright, so one of the games I've been playing is Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, it's it's a game that I honestly, when I first played the game back in 2005, I played the Game Boy Advance version. That's actually what a lot of my friends did. We played the Game Boy Advance version. And to be honest, play, looking at just like the cover of the box art, uh, I, I I definitely would feel intimidated intimidated playing the console slash PC versions, but playing it years later, I realized this is kind of fun. This is definitely fun. It definitely is one of the, I guess, it's definitely one of the better Spider-Man games that released ever, um, especially going back and forth, playing as both Spider-Man and Venom throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And originally, when I recorded the gameplay footage, I was doing that specifically for a video, um, just because the topic actually was about Venom, <laughs> uh, particularly the uh, Let There Be Carnage film. Gotcha. Uh, so, but the game is fun. It's decent. The problem is, though, if if you can easily find it on on console, you can look for it on eBay or Amazon, something like that. Mm-hmm. But buying a PC version is definitely going to be difficult. Like I had a hard time trying to get this copy that I did so but still I think it's pretty good um other games I've played 
was Elden Ring. That was actually one of the games that I was testing uh, on with with my DualSense controller. Um, I, it's a game that I need to get back into, and I'll definitely do that once I finish Sekiro. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely need to do that because <laughs> playing this again after taking a break from it uh, and playing Sekiro, I need to get readjusted to the controls because... yeah. I really am playing too much or thinking about too much like Sekiro and yeah. not as my usual Souls type of game. So right. that that's definitely something that I'll need to adjust to once I get back into once I finish Sekiro and play Elden Ring. Right. But uh last game that I've played and this actually you inspired me to play this was a uh, Katamari Damacy <laughs> reroll and I do agree that the tank controls are definitely definitely a bit awkward um it, it's still definitely still fun i definitely enjoyed it mm -hmm. and i'm now trying to see if i can get the last two achievements in the game those okay. two are definitely the hardest because you need to essentially find every gift which is in i think most of the stages mm -hmm. but then you also need to roll up every single item and yeah, it's not that you need to roll them all up at once. We need to at least roll them up in one playthrough at okay. least one time. So the, that those two are going to be quite interesting to get through. Yeah, kind of, that that achievement kind of reminds me of something that was not actually an achievement, but it was something that I was doing just because I wanted to. Um, so, have you ever played Untitled Goose Game? I haven't. I've I've heard. I've definitely have heard of it, but I haven't played it. Oh, you would you would love it. It's fantastic. It's basically just you're you're like uh, a, a a jerk goose <laughs> the whole time, and it's it's fantastic. Um, I like I played it on Switch. Um, it's obviously it's also on PC, of course. Um, fan fantastic game. It's it's not very long. It's hilarious. Um, the visual style is fantastic. Just. Uh, the music goes well with it, all that. So, there are... You, you can... With with the goose, you can actually move just about any um, environmental object. Um, it, at least, I mean, you know, basically anything that isn't tied down, you can move it. And so, after I had fully completed the game, I just decided, you know what? I'm going to take every loose item from every area... <laughs> of of this whole town and move it back to the goose's headquarters. <laughs> and I did this for a while. I don't have any of the footage recorded. Um I I actually I did stream that what was that probably 2019 or 2020. And um yeah, I mean it was uh I mean, I never actually finished doing it, and then when I came back to the game after having closed it out, unfortunately, it didn't keep all the items that I had already moved, and I moved, like, two or three areas worth of items over. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm not going to try doing this again. But <laughs> who knows, maybe someday I'll, I'll do it just for fun. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, anything else you've been playing? You, uh... uh or do, you, or do you want to... T well, I guess we can talk about the Steam Deck stuff after, but... Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> with, with that. Alright, um, so... Games that I've been playing this past week. Um, obviously, I've been, you know, working some more on Metal Gear Solid V. Um, 
I don't remember exactly how much I played of it. It wasn't as much as I would have liked. It just basically, I, I, I got, let's see here, what was it? I don't know, there was just a few things that kept me from, from spending as much time on it. Oh yeah, that's right, because today's only Wednesday. I keep forgetting. Yeah, it's, it's just been one of those weeks. Um, but basically what happened was that I, um, since Saturday was so busy, I, I, when, when we got to Sunday, I was normally Saturdays, like my day to just rest, to do nothing. But because we had all the cleaning that needed to get done we just decided, okay, it's going to be easier to do that on Saturday because we have stuff already planned for Sunday, you know, with church. And then we had like our one year anniversary uh, of the church lunch thing. Um, and so we, we just knew that we weren't going to have as much time to work on all that. So we did everything on Saturday. And then Sunday, as soon as we got home from church, it was just being vegetables for the day. But what I wanted to do was I, I kind of wanted to, um, play something a little different and it wasn't like I was burnt out on Metal Gear Solid I'm, I'm still fully invested I'm you know, wanting to play lots of it but um, because I, I, I also I well I should back up I had basically given into the hype and decided that I would uh, go and buy myself Persona 5 Tactica for the Switch um because of course, even though it would you know look fantastic on on PC in and of itself, um, the reality is that I wanted the cartridge because I already had uh, both Persona Five Royal and Persona Five Strikers on the Switch, and I didn't start playing Tactica, but I did decide to play Strikers. So um, there'll be footage here both for handheld and docked mode for this. Um, but yeah, like I, I had, I had bought strikers on sale a year or two ago and just never really played much of any, I'd played like maybe an hour before, but I just decided on a whim since I had gotten tactical that I wanted to go ahead and give strikers a chance. And so I was playing that for a bit and that's one that's for the most part, you know, kid friendly. I mean, there's, there's some language and that sort of thing, but there, you know, most of the combat, you know, doesn't have like anything objectionable to where I'm worried about my kids watching me play. So they were watching me play that a bit. And um, some things I'll say about it. Uh, of course, it looks great on the Switch OLED screen. Um, it's the frame rate is kind of mixed. Um, most of the time it, it maintains 30 frames per second really well. There's like random spots where it seems like it jumps up to 60. So I think maybe the frame rate is uncapped or something, um, even though it just aims for 30 most of the time. And then occasionally during combat, because this is very, uh, the combat in general is more like warrior style where it is uh, lots and lots of enemies on screen all at once, but not quite as um, exhausting as Hyrule Warriors and and you know most of the regular Warriors games. This one has more refined gameplay that kind of takes the Warriors formula and then mixes it with Persona in such a way that it feels like it is just as much Persona as it is Warriors, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, 
if you, if you watch the gameplay, you, you'll probably get at least some idea of that. So, I, I had played a, a decent amount of that in handheld mode, and in dock mode, it actually, I was surprised, it actually looks quite a bit better. Like, I, um, the, the main, the main thing I think that was a problem in handheld mode was the anti-aliasing was just not great on it, um, and it, it's significantly better in, in docked mode for, for that, but, um, I, you know, I, I played it both ways a bit, just because it was a good one for my kids to watch. So, um, yeah, I, I probably put, like, maybe six, seven hours over the past several days, something like that, most of it on Sunday after church, and, um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a pretty fun game. I mean, it still has some of the same issues where it's kind of, like, where it gets a little too repetitive, and I definitely think that the combat, while it's, for the most part, significantly better than most of the Warriors stuff, or at least than Hyrule Warriors, um, it still has some of that same fatigue element where you just kind of get tired of dealing with, particularly the boss fights, because the boss fights, you basically just have bullets, or, well, not really bullet sponges, but, like, sword sponges. I mean, they're, they're just, like, you just feel like you're, you're constantly trying to hit them, and they're not as fun and inventive as they are in uh, the main version of Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal. Mostly just because of the fact that you have to be moving a lot more. You have to be moving, whereas in those, they're entirely turn-based. So it's like, you have some of the same uh, like uniqueness in a sense, but because of the fact that you're having to mix it with the warrior-style gameplay, it ends up not feeling as as memorable, I guess you could say. So, um, but then the last thing I played, apart from s the stuff I tested out on the Steam Deck OLED today, um, was some Red Dead Redemption. I just, uh, I don't remember how much I played of that. Probably, like, a couple hours last night. And it's just been... It's been good to play that one a little bit more, too. Um... One thing I did get to do that was just sort of unrelated to the games, but at the same time was related because uh, both I was playing both Metal Gear Solid and Persona 5 Strikers at times while watching this. We started going through Lord of the Rings again. So <laughs> we did Fellowship over a couple nights, and then we did uh, most of the first part of Two Towers before, because we're doing the extended versions, obviously. Yes. Um, where we, we, we did most of the first part before I got tired and needed to go to sleep, but we'll we'll probably go through the rest of those before the weekend's over since we got a long weekend. So that's all good stuff. But anyway. Uh anything else? Um actually what one question I actually would say. So is Strikers a pseudo sequel to Persona 5 slash Royal, or is that just its own? It, it is. Game? It is technically a a a sequel to Persona 5, the base version. Um, and, and I think it is supposed to be essentially canonical. Canonical. Um, the th the thing about Persona uh, about these Persona games is usually the spinoffs when they do something that's canonical, that's supposed to be a sequel. The story always feels so much lesser 
than than the original game and kind of makes it feel a little anticlimactic you know after you have like the firm ending of the main game and then you tack on a sequel that is a completely different style of gameplay and everything else and, um that's the same with this one i i will say the story is starting to get a little more interesting but it's definitely not it still feels a lot like been there done that so but it's still it's still fun and you know it's like i i like i like some of these games to some degree the only other like sequel that i really kind of got got into was um uh, Persona 5Q on the 3DS, which I grabbed when it was on sale digitally some time ago. I never got the physical version, unfortunately, before that got discontinued and is ridiculously expensive. So, but yeah. Alright, so I guess we can go ahead and take this opportunity to jump into the news unless you have something else. Uh, no, sir. So let's start off with talking about the Steam Deck OLED, which both of us got today. Um, I knew mine was coming today. Justin did not know his was coming today. And so I'm going to let you take it away and start off with your impressions of the thing. And if, if you want to display it up on camera. Sure. Cool as well. Display my beautiful, yeah. It of course because of the background blurring, it it makes it yeah much more difficult to see. But yeah. Damon X yeah, Machina. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely was surprised to get this originally, uh, especially since for one thing, this is the um, limited edition, and Valve said that that should be coming actually later than the standard versions mm -hmm. uh so it was one to two weeks whereas the standard ones were three to five days mm -hmm. um but then it shipped uh shortly after yours sh uh shipped out and then i got a message saying that it was going to be arriving thursday i thought that's cool it's going to be here uh before the weekend so that's gonna be some good time to start testing it out especially since i won't be <laughs> working on friday mm -hmm. but uh then received a message earlier today saying hey it's actually out for delivery i'm thinking that's not that doesn't sound right <laughs> it's it was come friday so came home had this and i thought wow that's a nice surprise <laughs> um i haven't done too much with this i've of course set it up um did some downloads now one thing i first i didn't even notice at first when i was looking at it and comparing it with my regular steam deck was mm -hmm. the actual screen because i am not accustomed to OLED displays. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't only until shortly after looking at sort of some of the, uh, especially for the displays of some, or of like um, the images for the games. So sort mm -hmm. of, for example, I think I have it pulled up on here. Like, let me, yeah, like so, for example, oops. like both of these, well, again, the blur, but for Damon X Machina, like, it's yeah. definitely a whole lot brighter on the OLED version, and I didn't even know that sort of thing happened at first. So I am sort of starting to see why you like it so much because of the <laughs> different colors. Um, mm -hmm. I I definitely will want to tinker around later on with the uh, 
refresh rate, especially mm-hmm. since this one can actually get 90 FPS. Yeah. Uh, uh, of course, it won't be anything with anything too new, but with some older games, some indie games, those should definitely be able to get 90 FPS, so that'll mm-hmm. be cool to see. Um, I also tried doing some transfer uh, via uh, my computer instead of just doing it directly downloading from mm-hmm. uh, Steam servers. I think, unfortunately, though, my router is capping my transfer speeds because it's not too much of a difference, I would say, than, say, right. if I were transferring to my standard Steam Deck. So mm-hmm. that is currently the downside yeah. of that. But um, And I haven't played too much, but I, I will say, though, that... I, actually, no, I will say one thing, is that... I did try a little bit of Sekiro on there, and mm-hmm. primarily just to see how it sounded as far as with the fan speed, mm-hmm. because it's not that it was obnoxious with the standard um, Steam Deck, but I went to mm-hmm. see if it would be a little bit quieter, and it does seem to be slightly quieter, uh, so I do think that's, that the cooling system that they have on this one is better and noticeable. And also, <laughs> I didn't think I even would really notice this, but I did notice that it was actually, that the actual deck was physically lighter to, oh, yeah. to hold. Definitely. Um, and I think that's pretty interesting. And I, I, honestly, it's something that is neat, but I think it's something that Valve didn't necessarily need to do because I don't think that the standard deck was really all that heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it had some weight to it, but felt... I guess like useful way it's uh, it's not something that felt sort of like if you buy a third party playstation 2 controller where you feel don't feel anything in there and right. it's but it felt like there was enough weight to it that felt like a firm product um, right but i think that the oled is fine uh with the way it feels mm-hmm. and one thing that i definitely love is the fact that the cable is longer that's something yeah. that was what my biggest complaints, I guess I would say, with the original one is because if I'm in bed and I need to actually have charged the Steam Deck, I have to be pretty much near the edge of the bed just so mm-hmm. I can be, just so I can play and charge at the same time. Whereas with this one, it's long enough where I can be comfortable and yet still be playing. Uh, so I, I do like that. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts before I get into mine? Uh nothing so far like you might say something that triggers something that i thought about but i haven't been delving too much into it to give i guess a a full analysis but that's just my thoughts so far okay well okay so i'll i'll start off with a few things um of course the very first thing i noticed when i picked this thing up is just how much lighter it felt like i i was actually shocked because i figured it was going to be one of those things where they say it's lighter and it's like oh maybe it's a couple grams lighter you know you can't even notice it but like I picked it up and I was like, "Wow, that thing is way lighter." And I mean, obviously, it's just because they they changed the internals and it just kind of worked out that way. I don't know if they necessarily were aiming for it to be lighter, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's noticeably lighter, and I, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, like you, I you know, I was never bothered by the weight of of the LCD Steam Deck either, but um, I, I thought still that it was kind of a cool bonus. Um, I do. I, I think I actually really like this. The I mean, obviously, mine's just the the regular one terabyte. I didn't go with the limited edition, 
Um, I like the, the black accent on the sticks. Um, I, I think that actually looks pretty cool. Like, I wasn't sure what I would think about it, and but now I'm, that I actually have it and am looking at it, I, I like the way it looks. Um, I do like... Uh, uh, the sticks are definitely better than on the base Steam Deck. They're, they're a little more indented. Um, and so it's just kind of like easier to keep your thumbs on there. I like that a lot. I think one of my favorite things right now, and this this is relatively minor, but it's still great, is the Steam and Options buttons are just they're they're so much better. They're they're I mean they're still barely flush with with the system, but when you press them in, they just have a little more travel distance, and so it feels more. I mean, like when when you press it, it doesn't feel. It feels like you're actually doing something, whereas before it was always just kind of like I, I never really liked that. That's that was probably my biggest gripe in terms of just the overall hardware itself. I, I, I never liked that. Um, I have, I mean, I haven't played enough to where I can like say a hundred percent how I feel about all of it yet because I'm just you know I, I basically just kind of dabbled with it for a little bit since I was pretty busy today, but. Um, overall, like, I'm already pretty happy with it. It does seem like, in general, things are more responsive. The operating system is a little, um, or at least accessing different things in the operating system. It feels like there's less lag than there was before, so that's pretty nice. Um, so that's, that's my thoughts as far as the actual hardware, you know, like the the outward hardware. Obviously, the screen is fantastic. I mean, it's it's noticeably so much brighter, and you, know, you get a lot more color and everything else with, with that OLED display, so I'm, I'm really happy with that. Um, as far as what I've had a chance to test out, I only actually downloaded one game so far, which was Starfield. Um, initially, it was trying to transfer it from my PC, and it was just going to take way too long, so I just downloaded it instead. Not sure I really noticed the difference in the download speeds, but that's probably my router more than anything else. Um, but I still was able to download that and test it out a little bit. I think it's a little better on performance, but not anything significantly noticeable, at least not for, for Starfield. But I did also stream Starfield from my computer, and um, that definitely was better. Uh, that actually gave me an opportunity to test out the official DLSS uh, that they added in, and it definitely makes a difference. Um, I was getting consistent 60 FPS, which is something I, I couldn't say before. Like, a lot of times I would be down in the 40s. Granted, I didn't test uh, New Atlantis, which is one of the more demanding areas, so I'll have to test that out and see how it does with that. But, like, I have actively avoided DLSS on other games because of the fact that um, most of the time I felt like it wasn't enough of an improvement to where it was helpful. I'd rather just you know adjust the settings a little bit get go for the high frame rate but uh, with this it definitely was noticeable. But I did have, um, I did already have a 1 terabyte micro SD that I just grabbed from my other Steam Deck and punched in here so I have a bunch of games pre-installed um, so I got, to, I briefly hopped into Metal Gear Solid 5, I, I mean, uh, mostly just because I wanted to see if it could go above 
60 FPS and it wasn't. Um, I mean, it was just 60, you know, solid 60, which is perfectly fine. Um, I tested a little bit of Doom 2016, which, man, that looks fantastic on this. Like, it already looks and runs great on the base Steam Deck, but on here, um, I tweaked the settings a little bit, and I was able to get it to where it could get up to 90 at times. Um, more often than not, it was around 70 to 80 was was what it was getting to with the settings that I had it set on. Um, but of course, that I mean, it's such a fantastic game. I haven't I haven't tried out um, Doom Eternal on on here because I I just haven't booted it up on PC at all. I only I, I played. Uh, all of the base game on Switch and a little bit of the DLC, but that was all before the Steam Deck came out, so um, I never had a chance. I just, I just haven't gotten around to doing that. I want to finish going all the way through Doom 2016 on PC slash Steam Deck before I uh, play Eternal that way. Um, but probably at some point... Um, maybe during Christmas break will probably be the easiest time. I want to do a video with overhead comparisons of playing some of these games on the Switch OLED versus the Steam Deck OLED because there's definitely, um, I mean, obviously there's going to be a difference because Switch is much weaker than the Steam Deck, but it'll still be kind of cool seeing the difference on something that's a little better comparison because... Up until this point, the Switch just had, at least the OLED version of the Switch, had a much better screen, even though it was a little bit lower resolution and um, obviously much less powerful. But like games like Hades, which um, up to this point, uh, up until the OLED uh, Steam Deck came out, would be run at 60 frames per second both on the Switch and the Steam Deck. I actually kind of preferred playing it on the Switch um, because it was same frame rate. It obviously it looked a little better on the Steam Deck, um, but the main reason why I liked playing it better on the Switch was because of the screen. And now with this screen that's both OLED and a higher refresh rate, I was able to get 90 frames per second, no problem. I didn't go into combat, so. I'll have to test it when it gets to that point, but this game, that game is really well optimized. I mean, that's the, probably the only game on PC where I can actually get 240 frames per second because I have a 240 hertz monitor. So, <laughs> or at least that's the only one I can think of specifically that I've been able to get and maintain that frame rate. Um, but yeah, and then I also tested out... Um, little bit of Elden Ring. I when, when you sent me that gameplay, I was like, you know, I haven't jumped into Elden Ring in a while. I want to see how it looks and and everything on the Steam Deck. And um, you know, I think actually it's got a little bit of a performance improvement from playing on the Steam Deck. Um, and it may just be the area I was in because I was in a uh, in Kalid, um, like er very early on when you when you're in uh, the the first area. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Limgrave? Uh, yes, yes. Um, yes, when, when you're there, there's like this chest in the ruins near the dragon, and if you open it up, then it transports you to uh, to Kaelid into like some mines and stuff, and 
before I like it even occurred to me that I could actually use fast travel to get back to that area. Um, I had spent a bunch of time in in Kalid, um, not not in the mine. I had to just run out of there because I kept dying constantly. And then there's uh, this town. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a town that that has a bunch of like the ghost uh, people in it. And you like light torches and stuff to proceed, but I had basically kind of I I had been testing there, so that because I I had learned well enough where where all the enemies were to where I spent a lot of time grinding there previously. Um, I still suck at at Elden Ring, but it looks great on the Steam Deck, and it's I've actually been able at least in that town I was able to get and maintain 40 frames per second really well, which was nice. Hmm. So, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I played a little bit more with the um, changing the frame and refresh rate. Um, when you when you do 40 frames per second, it does 80 hertz uh, rather than 40 hertz, which, I mean, works fine because it's, you know, evenly divided and half, so it works out just fine. They don't even though you can split them again, right now, by default, they are uh, just one. They, they just have uh, the two combined. And it will default to what the best thing is for that. When you split it, you can't get down to 40 hertz, though. You can only... The lowest you can go is 45. So... Hmm. Um, let's see here. Uh, jumped into outer the outer worlds a little bit, and that is specifically outer worlds, not outer wilds. Um, kind of fiddled around with that. That one's a little harder to get a good balance between frame rate and visuals for me, so I ended up going for forty FPS because even though I, I pref even though I could get it up to sixty, it was just a little more blurry than I like. I mean, not as bad as the Switch version. The Switch version's very very blurry and low frame rate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I did I did mess around with that a little bit. Like initially I started it up and it I didn't realize it had defaulted to all like very high settings and so I was like, wow, this looks really good. But it was only running at like twenty nine frames per second. It's like, eh, that's not okay. I'm not I'm not okay with that. Mm. So anyway, um I, I I played like maybe ten minutes of that, mostly was just kind of wandering around and messing with the settings to try to get a frame rate I was content with. Um, but then I also tested out control a little bit, and it runs about the same as it does on the base Steam Deck. Pretty pretty consistent 40 FPS, and um, for that game, it, it works fine. It's a great game. I enjoy that a lot. But, yeah. So, I, I did have a chance to test out a bunch of games just because I already had them installed. Um, I have a bunch more that I could test out as well. I'll probably try to get footage for some of these, but it's not going to be all of them because there's uh, there, there's just quite a few, and I don't know how I would even compile them in when it comes to the video version. So we'll see what happens. And also, I don't have a, I'm not going to necessarily have a lot of time tomorrow to do all that no. before I edit. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, that's basically everything I have to say about the Steam Deck OLED so far. Uh, any other thoughts on that? Uh, actually, I do have one question. Mm -hmm. So since the 
one terabyte version is the anti-glare etched screen. Mm-hmm. How, what were your thoughts on that, especially comparing that to the Nintendo Switch OLED? Uh, what does it look, how does that look to you? Well, you know, I didn't get a chance to check them out side by side yet, but uh, it didn't seem to be an issue. Like, um, I, I, I know that technically it it is, you know, like it, it, you don't get as much of the brightness of the OLED with the anti-glare screen, but like, it's such a dramatic difference, such a dramatic improvement over the base LCD Steam Deck that I, I just noticed how much brighter and beautiful it looked and didn't notice anything else. And I, I already know that the anti-glare screen works well when it comes to dealing with like sunlight and that sort of thing and traveling. So I'm perfectly all right with it. Hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 was, I was just curious since um, it, it is something that just popped into the back of my mind uh, as you were talking about this about the switch uh, and mm-hmm. i was thinking oh wait yeah this ha- actually has a anti-glare screen which people mentioned that affects the brightness so i was just curious on your thoughts in there yeah i think what i'll probably have to do is i i think i think whenever i do like comparison videos i will put my switch and my steam deck like right next to each other and then boot up the same game at the same time and then play a little bit of the the game on one, and then play a little bit of that same game on the other, and that way you get a good comparison of, of how they look side by side and everything. But anyway, yeah. good times. All right, so the next topic we have here is the Knights of the Old Republic remake. So we've talked about this a bit before. I think it was on one of our attempts at the first episode so it may or may not have actually been heard by any listeners but uh, the gist of it is so the Knights of the Old Republic remake was announced as a PlayStation exclusive back in I believe 2021 Um, since then there is basically been going through essentially development hell it's had some issues they ended up uh, firing the studio uh, or take, taking the studio that was working on it off of the project, and I believe that was Aspire. Uh, it went back to Embracer Group, and I, I I might be remembering some of my facts wrong, so I apologize if if my information is wrong on this front. But um, the main thing is that this is something where there was a recent. Uh, I mean, we, we hadn't heard anything about it in a while. It basically had been... They had said at one point that it was being put on hold indefinitely. And then, very recently, Sony pulled the trailer um, from their YouTube channel. And they also pulled down the PlayStation blogs that had the links to the trailer. And they claimed that the reason for this was because the... Um, they had an issue with the, uh, like the music license had expired because it was using licensed music, you know, actual Star Wars official music. Um, oh yeah, they had also pulled tweets that were up on Twitter about it. So basically they, they were kind of scrubbing their timeline from it, but they still claimed that it was 
because of the licensed music, and I, I don't buy it. Um, but more recently, we've gotten some information uh, to where uh, Jeff Grubb of Giant Bomb Podcast, who's industry insider, usually has some good information, said that he's spoken with someone who's at Sony, and they basically said that no one is working on this game it's just essentially stop production. Um, there is a slight flip side to that, that Jason Schreier, who's well known as uh, a you know, journalist who often gets inside information on stuff that's going on, and his stuff is almost always correct. Um, he's The information that he's gotten from a source at the developer has... Oh, it's, it's Saber Interactive that's working on it. That's supposed to be working on it now. That's what it was. Um, so it was originally Aspire. They got pulled off of it. Saber Interactive took over. And uh, Jason Schreier's contact at Saber has told him that they're still working on it. <sighs> so... <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on this thing? I mean, it's... <sighs> it's it's as we have as we've discussed this before uh it, it's been a big mess i mean the it, it's been a mess all around with both the original one releasing on the nintendo switch and with the remake and i i don't i don't know because especially considering the fact that both people have 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 you know inside sources it's really hard to tell i mean especially i mean granted if it's with Saber Interactive, that's someone who would be working on it, and I would be more inclined to believe that they would have more information about what's going on than, say, working with Sony. But granted, it's a Sony-exclusive game, so Sony would, or they should know about what's going on. But, as you said, Sony also was wiping tweets because they said it was a license issue, but granted... Uh, I, I honestly I don't know how I should feel about this. Um, I don't know which I would say is the correct or which is the more likely scenario. I guess it would be nice if the game was still was still actually being in production. Granted, I don't know if because of all these problems that have been going on, if the game will. If, if that is, if it is still in production, if it will suffer because of that, if something might be cut or something might be drastically reduced or 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 something along those lines. So, if the game is still in production, great. But I, if it is, the game should still be there. Should still be a hundred percent being put into this game. It shouldn't be something that is being just half-hearted uh if it is then just let it go um it, it definitely sucks especially for people who've really been looking forward to this game for a long time and have wanted a remake so when, when that ends i that's the only reason why i would say because i think that having something that's put out that would not be great having that be canceled is a whole lot better than out something that would be mediocre so 
If the game is being is still in production, great. Just make sure it's phenomenal. If not, then just put it on the shelf and call it a day. Yeah, there's um, there's a theory out there that the way that would explain why these two different stories don't line up is that essentially Sony is kind of pulling away from it, but that the people at Saber Interactive are continuing to work on it uh, with the hopes that someone will pick it back up. And whether or not that's accurate, I don't know. I mean, it's just a theory. Um, and it's not even my theory, so I'm not taking credit for that. But that's that's an interesting possibility. So, some people have thrown out the idea of Xbox being the one to... Or, well, Microsoft being the one to come in and uh, basically take the project and you know, fund it and everything else, and they certainly have the resources. Um, hopefully they would actually, like, give it the necessary guidance it needs to be what it should be, um, because the information we got before of some of the, like, main story writers or, or whatever um, was very concerning. Not the kind of person <laughs> you want touching this game at all. You don't want them anywhere near it. Yeah. Um, but I'm very much inclined to. I, I don't believe Sony when they when they said that it was just about the licensed music because there's any variety of different ways that they could have worked around that. And you know, it'd be one thing if they were just pulling the trailer, but the fact that they're pulling a bunch of other stuff as well that all basically all references to it. I mean, I know that some of it. Yes, it links back to the trailer. But the problem is that there hasn't been any indicator that they're going to bring it back. And the other the other part of this is that I don't believe them when they say... I, I, I mean, I, I don't believe for a second that they would have let the licensing run out on this. That just... That's uh, an oversight that, while it's technically possible, you would think that they would have their ducks lined up properly for, for something this big. Unless they had, you know, this bad situation come up. Um, we'll wait and see what happens with it, but I'm definitely more of the opinion that this is essentially dead. Or at least it's dead for now. It, it may come back in the future, but I am i don't have any real faith in it. And as much as I would love to see Knights of the Old Republic get, like, a faithful remake, particularly just one that... More than anything, it just needs the visuals fixed because the visuals have not aged well for the original game. Everything else about the game is fantastic. I mean, the music, especially the voice acting, the story is incredible. The game, uh, you know, the combat I think is still great. Uh, you know, all of the various RPG mechanics that they have present within there are great, and I still maintain at least of all the Star Wars stories I've experienced between movies, books, shows, um, I still think that Knights of the Old Republic has probably the best story, even if the ending itself was extremely underwhelming. But the the story itself was exceedingly good. And um, uh, did you ever play the original Knights of the Old Republic? I haven't. Um, 
I bought it. I, I bought it as a bundle, um, bunch, uh, but I haven't touched it so far yet. Okay. But I've, I've definitely heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, it's it's well worth your time. I mean, I, I can't remember how long it took me the first time I played through it, um, but it's it's well worth your time. And at least like the um, the Switch version as well as uh, the mobile version, which unfortunately doesn't work on a lot of phones. It actually would probably work on yours because yours is an older phone. But um, that that's the only version that's actually in widescreen. The PC version isn't. The, there might be there's probably a mod by now that fixes that I mean I'm sure there has to be but at least when I originally played it they there was not mods to fix the resolution and such but it was still great so yeah so we'll see what happens with all that but speaking of Sony we got official confirmation that The Last of Us Part Two Remastered is indeed a thing. Now, the one thing I forgot to look up on this, I'm actually just going to bring this up real quick, is what the actual uh, price is if, if you're just buying it fresh. Okay. Now, they, they, they well, did say that if you have the PS4 version, you can upgrade to PS5 for 10 bucks, which is great. It's great that they're doing that, even if I still think... <laughs> this is completely unnecessary as a remaster, but um, I know that they're adding some additional features, including uh, a roguelike mode, which I thought they already had a permadeath mode, so I'm not really sure what the point of this is, but, or if it's basically just, um, maybe maybe it's The Last of Us 1 had a, had a, um, had the permadeath mode. And that Last of Us Two did not. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I I I think I, or I think I know, or rather, it's that I don't know that pretty much confirms something for me because I don't think that I ever saw it an, a specifically announced, which I think might be because they haven't announced it because they're afraid of saying it's going to be seventy dollars. Which is why they've also just been hyping up, saying, you know, if if you have the PS4 version, you can get it the remake the remaster for ten dollars. Yeah, at least uh, looking on Best Buy, they do they do not yet have the ability to to buy that or to pre-order it. So, yeah, they they don't actually have a, a price for it yet, which means that it's mm -hmm. probably going to be seventy dollars new. Yeah. Um, of course. Oh, you know, never mind. I'm looking at the wrong game. I, at first, I was gonna say, you know, the Horizon is is only sixty, but I then I realized that Horizon that's that's just the current gen version that's you know been discounted because it's uh, cheaper now. I, I mean, you know, because it came out what was that last year? Yeah, last year. So. But yeah, there's there's nothing listed about about part two. Um, I mean, I guess on the plus side, if you wanted to, so, someone who has a PlayStation Five could always just buy the PS4 version, at, which you know, like currently is forty bucks. You probably could even find a better deal than that, and then just pay the ten dollar upgrade fee. Um, 
which could theoretically, you know, save people some decent money. But anybody who's buying it from scratch who wants to have that PS5 case, which I'm sure a lot of people, that's going to be what they want. Um, they're probably going to be spending 70 bucks. Uh, but let, let's look, let's look at what the actual features are that are involved with this remaster. So. Alright, so I'm reading from the PlayStation blog here. Last of Us Part 2 Remastered is designed to let you dig deeper into both its development and mechanics. Chief among these is a brand new mode called No Return, a roguelike survival mode designed to let pray players prayers prove. <laughs> that might be this week's title. To let players <laughs> prove their mettle in randomized encounters and experience the last of part 2's combat in a fresh experience. Randomized encounters. Interesting. Uh, this mode... Okay, so, so this is actually... This, this roguelike mode is not the story. It's a separate... It sounds like it's basically a horde mode. Like a, a, a roguelike horde mode. That's all it is. Because... And, and that would make a little more sense, rather than having it be just straight up um, a permadeath, because I was pretty sure they already had permadeath. I mean, they even had permadeath in the, at least in the PS4 version of Last of Us uh, Remastered, which is the one that I played. I know they had a permadeath mode, at least I'm pretty sure. I'd have to check my case, but I, 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 don't, I don't play that. I'm, no. That's not for me. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, so m this mode includes a, a host of playable characters to choose from, some playable for the first time in the Last of Us franchise, which you may have spotted in our trailer. Who each come with their own traits to suit different playstyles. Players will chart their course on each run, choosing between various stealth and combat encounters that will pitch you against a range of enemies with unique twists that can add new, unexpected factors to any given encounter. Each run will offer a chance to decide what rewards you get after each encounter, how you spec out your character, and more. Unlike more characters, unlock, my goodness, unlock more characters, skins, and more as you progress to use in the mode, customize your own runs, and complete on a, compete, I, I cannot talk tonight, <laughs> on a global leaderboard as part of a daily run. We're excited to share more about No Return as we get closer to launch. So... One thing I will say, I, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, roguelike is permadeath. Once you die, you have to start over from scratch. Roguelite is what Hades is, where you start from scratch, but you maintain upgrades and that sort of thing. Other than the ones that you get randomly throughout the, the run. Um, it, am I correct on that? I, I I don't think, or at least from what I understand, permadeath isn't in roguelikes. Um, okay. I know there I know there's some difference. I think that one of the bigger differences that is with roguelikes, you lose less, um, so there is more of a chance to permanently keep upgrades or okay. something like that. But I, I mean, you can do that with roguelikes, but you don't. You, you you get to lose them less. Um, so I'm trying to think of a good example because I've played several roguelikes and several roguelites 
So mm. I'm trying to think of like what a good example would be. Like um Like I know Dead Cells, which one is that? That's roguelike, right? Yeah, and like for example, um Rogue Legacy, that one I think is Rogue Light. Okay. Um Risk of Rain. I'm trying to remember if that one is roguelike or roguelite, because I know that it's one of the two, but I can't I can't remember it specifically. But um I mean I guess technically in a sense, well no, I'll say technically in a sense, if you die it is permanent, but it's really just you permanently lose whatever items you have. Mm -hmm. But you could still continue or play on from what you have. It's just Cause like for example, Returnal is rogue. I, I thought it was rogue-like, but I almost thought I saw somewhere that it was advertised as rogue-lite. So, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, sometimes the two blend or just get used one way or the other. That it has caused some confusion. But I think mm -hmm. that in general, though, I think that. Either way, uh, permadeath won't be necessarily a thing, and it will be something that um, y you'll still just be able to continue on. And eventually, it might be you might have to work harder for it because there are certain items that are or certain abilities or stats you can get that you have to work hard to because they are harder to unlock and achieve and make them permanent. But you can get those sort of things in a roguelike as you would with a roguelite. Okay. Yeah, I just... I, it's something I would have to look more <laughs> into because I... Right, I, that's that's fine. I just... Yeah. I figured you would probably know more about that since I think you, you do more indie stuff than I do, so... And I, I pretty much avoid that genre for the most part. <laughs> like, the, the extent of what I've actually played is Hades, which I feel played quite a lot of, and then um, a little bit of Dead Cells, but I fell off of that once I got my copy of Dark Souls remastered and never really went back to it. So, um, Anyway, going back to the PlayStation blog for the rest of the explanation. Um, uh, for those who have already played The Last of Us Part 2, we know the included sections featuring a playable guitar were a favorite for many, and you burgeoning rock stars impressed us with your performances. So even introduce a new guitar-free play mode, which will let you strum the strings across a host of unlockable instruments. Use audio effects pedals to modulate your performance and play as different characters in several in-game locations to customize the mood and feel of your set. And for both new and returning players interested in learning more, we've designed Part 2 Remastered to offer a comprehensive dive behind the scenes of how our studio brought this game to life. A new set of Lost Levels in Part 2 Remastered allow players a unique chance to check out some playable sequences previously cut from the game. These aren't fully finished levels, but rather early development slices that not only let you see some new glimpses of Part 2's world, but also include embedded developer commentary to give them richer context. Explore these spaces and hear directly from the team about the intention of aspects of each level. This is a unique inclusion for our studio, and we're excited to allow players a glimpse into the creative process. So, I will say one thing. The Lost Levels thing, initially, like, I, I thought that it was basically they were just including additional story content with the game, and now I see that it's basically just 
you get to check out some some stuff that we ended up cutting out that that's unfinished and um i could see how someone who's like who really loves this game would be into that personally because of how much i despise the story of this game i would not be interested but i wouldn't buy this anyway so there's that um <laughs> sir they've also included newly recorded director's commentary across the campaign's cutscenes uh from neil Druckmann, narrative lead hallie gross or Haley, i guess it's probably Haley gross and actors troy baker ashley johnson and laura bailey they assembled to offer insight into the story and its characters that means so much to uh, both our team and our fans and we're delighted to give fans even more understanding of the team's approach to the story Last of Us Part 2 Remastered will feature enhanced graphics, including native 4K output. There's a, a note there. What's that? <laughs> I gotta see what the note is here. Uh, oh, just you have to have a 4K TV or display. Oh, okay. um, da, 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 where is it? Um, in fidelity mode. 1440p upscale to 4K in performance mode. An unlocked frame rate option for TVs that support variable refresh rate, increased texture resolution, increased level of detail distances, improved shadow quality, animation sampling rate, and more. Brings all the world a part two story to life in richer and smoother detail from the snow swept mountains of blah 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 blah. Um, takes advantage, part two remaster takes advantage of the PS5's power and features in more ways as well, including improved loading times uh, it, it incorporates dual sense wireless controller haptic feedback and adaptive triggers better immerse you um, still has all the accessibility stuff which some of that's actually really cool they actually have um, you can they, they have a mode where you can play if you're blind hmm. which I just I just think that's that's a, a cool idea to do that I mean so I'm going to go off on a slight side tangent. I have heard people say that accessibility means that they should add an easy mode to games like Elden Ring, Sekiro, that sort of thing. Personally, I say no, that's not accessibility. That's just you're you're trying to take a game that's supposed to be hard and make it easier. That's that's not that defeats the purpose of playing of these these games you you need to play them on the hard difficulty because that's how they're designed that's what how they're meant to be played if someone if a developer decides that they want to make a game with multiple difficulties then by all means but these games are specifically they're very specifically designed to be hard to be frustrating and to be the kind of games where when you overcome that challenge you know, you're really happy that you did, but um, that's not accessibility. That's that's something different entirely. Whereas something where they're making it possible for people who are blind to play a game that otherwise would be impossible for them to play, or nearly impossible, would be extremely difficult. I think that's just cool. I think I think like I have to give them credit where credit is due. I think that's that's cool they're doing that. Um, but everything else, I think it's it's like okay, they're adding some features, and obviously for people who 
love this game. It's It'll probably be worth the $10 upgrade fee. But, of course, the one notable thing is that if you want the physical version, if you want that PS5 case, you're not going to be getting it for $10. You're going to be spending full price for it. They have a, a like a, a Steelbook version, which, of course, I'm a big fan of Steelbooks, but... Um, steelbook version with like some trading cards basically that are related to the game probably stuff that you normally collect in the game and some pins and a patch all you know reasonably cool stuff but i i guarantee you the people who are really into this game they're going to be buying the physical version they're, they're not going to just spend the ten dollar upgrade fee and that's how they're going to milk milk this game to those fans and I won't be spending anything on this because even though it will probably come to PC not long after because it's coming January 19th 2024 to PS5 I imagine it probably won't be super long before they uh, release it on PC as well um, it could end up being only 60 bucks but I, I, I want to say that The Last of Us Part 1 uh, was 70 when it came out. I could be wrong on that. For PS5, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was 70 on, uh, PS5 and 60 on PC. Okay. So it was 60. All right. So, so it may actually come at, at 60 to PC. We'll see what happens, but, um, yeah. I, uh, no. <laughs> and I, I, I do want to say, and I, I'm sorry I've been talking so long, I haven't even given you a chance to talk, but I'm, I'm, I hate so much what they did with this, with The Last of Us Part 2. People who hated the character of Abby should never have gone after the voice actress, Laura Bailey, who is actually a fantastic voice actress, lovely woman. Um, you know, she there. There's no reason to go after people just because you don't like the character that they play. That's, that's stupid. You know, get a life, please. Find something else to do with your time. And I mean, believe me, I I vehemently hate this game. <laughs> I mean, like I I have no doubt that the gameplay itself is great, other than forcing you to play as a character that nobody wanted to play as. Um, but it, like, story-wise, I, I just hate it. E even, even, I, I even know people who, they are hardcore Last of Us fans, and they have said that they will, that they hated Last of Us Part Two story so much that they, as far as they're concerned, there was no Part Two. Part One was it. So... That's hardcore Sony fans, hardcore Last of Us 1 fans. I am neither. And, but I enjoyed the story of Last of Us 1. And I do not think, knowing wh what they did with, with Part 2, that Part 2 should exist. Or at least that they should have done something completely different. But at least they, at least they actually had the balls to kill off a character instead of just, um, having them retire 
So we'll, we'll, we'll not go back. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I really just got it. Yeah. All it right. Took me a second. So, all right. Go ahead and give me your thoughts because I talked way too long on that. Well, you know, all those things that they put in the game as a bonus and they didn't have the decency to give us a golfing mini game, you know. Do, 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 do. <laughs> but uh, yeah the rumors definitely were true i wish it i wish that the rumors weren't true because all the games that sony could be giving us and sure they gave they're adding a couple things into it but still they could have there, there there are other games that were more deserving of a well even if you were gonna say a remaster than this game i mean there there were a lot there were a lot of games that that could have been made and i felt like they put all these resources into this game and mainly possibly because of the fact that last of us season two is coming out whenever it is right. and so this is just hype and they're trying to get on that yep. last of us hype train <sighs> and it's and that's really infuriating me <laughs> because of that uh but I want a, I want I want any game of any of any other game, yeah. and sure and and even with the fact that they've made this game, it's coming out. This is gonna be the one time where I ask Sony to uh, just just keep that PlayStation exclusive, okay? You know, PlayStation fans, you can have this one, okay? <laughs> you know what? We will we will, the PC gamers will take our L. And not ha and not bask in the glory of the last of us part two okay you know we will we will long for it from the shadows and just say we wish we could have it but we were not deserving of it so you guys can have that uh, that that's fine i keep keep that we we we, we, <laughs> we don't need that uh how about in exchange you give us uh give us give us bloodborne remastered how about that but um, I, I do think though that the game will be seventy dollars. They they made part one seventy dollars on PlayStation Five. The fact that they haven't said how much this one will be, but keep saying, "Oh, it's only ten dollars more if you have the uh, original version." Right. That that, that that's you're, you're really just trying to cover the fact that it's gonna be seventy dollars, and you don't want people to, you know, <laughs> have backlash, uh, uh, express backlash over the fact that it it's going to be another $70 gimmick for a game that came out last generation. You might yep. have a couple Three years of ago. features. Yeah, a yeah. few years ago at that. You're going to charge $70 for that, and I, I don't think that it's worth it. I mean, sure, for $10 more if you own the game as an upgrade, I can hear that argument, but to put it out brand new for $70 that's that's asking too much in my opinion um right I, I i would not touch that granted i wouldn't buy this game for twenty dollars but yeah <laughs> yeah that, that that's that's just how i feel yeah i mean the reality is is that sony knows that the people who actually liked this game will probably buy it full price again mm. i mean there, there there will be some people who are who at least have the sanity well, I shouldn't say sanity, but ha have enough um, wisdom to where they'll recognize that the better thing for them to do is just spend the $10 upgrade fee. And then they get their PS5 version without having to, 
you know, shill out an extra 70 bucks. But the fact is, is that you're going to have people who really enjoy this game are more likely just going to spend the $70 get so that they can get that PS5 case or spend whatever the collector's edition is going to be, which is probably going to be like a hundred bucks would be my guess. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's what happens when you have just this type of fan base. And I mean, like, no, you know, I'm not intending to disrespect people who enjoyed this game. I, I don't understand why you enjoyed it, but you know, if you enjoyed it, you enjoyed it. You know, there's games I enjoy that other people don't understand why I enjoy it. It's fine. You know, that's, that's perfectly fine. I, I get it. You know, we, we all have different tastes. I just, you know, don't like one that completely disrespects and literally kills off a character that, you know, everybody loves um, and makes him make stupid decisions that don't make sense for the character. But whatever, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if it's if what they did with that character or what they did with Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi is worse. I think Luke, Luke is probably worse. I, I, I would argue Luke was worse because... Yeah, and Luke, they, Luke they, definitely they, was they worse. They killed the character, and then they killed him. I mean, they killed Luke in two yeah. different ways. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah that's, that's true, because the other character didn't get, like, emasculated and everything. He just made dumb decisions that didn't make sense, knowing the character he was previously. But anyway, that's enough of that. We, we've spent more time on this than we should. So let's move on into some good news, at least in my opinion. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth just recently put out a trailer where basically they just recap the story of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, that is, Square Enix put out the trailer for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, uh, recapping the story of Final Fantasy VII Remake. At the very end of the trailer... Very, like, right at the end title card, it says, exclusive to PlayStation 5 with a little asterisk. And it says, at least until 5-29-24. And the game comes out on PlayStation 5 on February 29th, 2024. Which means, three-month exclusivity window is all it is for the PS5 version. Now, I would have to do my research because I forgot to actually look this up. But I'm pretty sure that Remake had at least six months between the time that it came out on PS4 and the time that it came to Epic Games. Um, now, of course, my hope is that Square Enix did not make another deal with Epic Games and that it's going to be Epic exclusive for a while all over again. But if it is, then hopefully it will be a very short window and hopefully it will only be that same three months that it is... Uh, for the PS5, um, and it, it to be to be completely clear, they did it did only say at least three months, so it could technically be more than that. That that exclusivity window goes, it's possible Sony will work something out to get a longer period, but I'm hoping that it's only three months, and that it comes to to Steam right away. I'm hoping also that it will run as well on the Steam Deck as Remake did, because Remake, the vast majority of the game, runs very well on Steam Deck. It's really only when you're walking around towns, which there's no combat during that time, where it's, like, stuttery and annoying, 
And you can fix that on the desktop version. But as far as I know, unless something's changed, um, fixing it on Steam Deck is not... You can't do it. So you just have to deal with it. But it, considering most of the time you're not dealing with that in the game, it was something I could deal with just for the sake of being able to play that game portably. So. But yeah, uh, your thoughts on the matter? Well, before that, I wanted to uh, mention that I did look it up. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess technically it is six months if you don't count the original version of uh, of Final Fantasy VII Remake because it was Integrate that had that six-month gap. But technically, if you count the original version that was released, it, it was over a year because that one was released on PS4 in April gotcha. 2020, whereas Integrate, uh, or at least for PC, was released in December of 2021. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, there was just that six-month gap, though, between the Integrate version on PS5 and uh, okay. PC. Okay. Yeah. So either way, it's it's either way that's uh, definitely way shorter, si significantly shorter. So that that's very good news. And even if it does do Epic Games first, which I'm, I hope mm. Square Enix doesn't do that again, but you know I, I'll be prepared mentally. You know we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, at least it won't be as long of a, a wait either way. Because I mean, yeah. it, cause it's, I mean, it's 2022 that it came to Steam. It was like June 2022 that it came to Steam, and that's, you know, over two years after it came Gosh, originally yeah. to PS4, so um, hopefully it's not going to be anywhere near as long of a wait, because I'm very excited about that game, and even if it doesn't play well on Steam Deck natively, I can always stream it, and then I'll just enjoy the 120 frames per second on my desktop, and it would be glorious. Plus, it's just it's looking great, and there's there's some improvements they've made to the the combat and and various other uh, mechanics that are going to make the game even better than remake was, from what I can tell. So I'm excited. All right, so now we're back. We're still on that Sony topic train because it's been a slow news week, but this one came up. Uh, so a, a while ago, I think I believe this was last year. There was a class action lawsuit against Sony for something that was ultimately just kind of a BS reason. Um, basically, in, over in the UK, so, some people were wanting to sue Sony because of uh, like unfair practices towards the consumer, uh, in that they were charging people or that they were charging developers thirty percent. I might, I might be mixing up my things, but they're, they were charging, you know, you know, charging developers 30% um, to have their, their games on their store, which is, is actually normal practice. I mean, that's like, that's what Steam does, probably what Nintendo does. Um, you know, I'm sure Xbox does the same thing. Is is basically just like a stupid reason. I mean, you, you charge the 30% because basically Sony or any of these other companies, they're dealing with the, uh, basically they're doing customer service on behalf of the developer. So it makes sense that they would you know, charge them 30%. Uh, but this case has moved forward recently because of, uh, essentially because Sony has stopped selling their 
and this happened back in 2019 actually that they stopped selling digital versions of their games outside of their store so essentially the issue is that uh, they're having more or less a monopoly on being able to buy those digital games whereas Nintendo uh, Microsoft um, PC in general you, you can buy keys for those games through third-party key sites you can buy them through like Amazon you can buy them through Walmart you know whatever you, you can buy those things very easily get the digital versions you know get discounts and all that but with Sony being the only place I mean Sony's uh, PlayStation Store being the only place that you can buy digital versions of their games uh, essentially the lawsuit is saying that they're being a monopoly in this and it's or you know at least that it has the potential to be a monopoly in the future especially if it ever gets to the point physical games go away and then literally the only place that people can buy PlayStation games is through the PlayStation Store so thoughts yeah I definitely agree that or the initial lawsuit against developer developers being charged 30% was bogus when virtually every other storefront mm-hmm. does yeah. that. Um, that 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 one I think just should be thrown out now I'm not necessarily going to say that is it completely fair uh, to lose or to be charged that much of a fee it might not be the most reasonable thing but I think that to have it actually be something you sue Sony specifically for I think that's a little unfair in that mm-hmm. sense there as yeah. far as being the only store that you can buy games digitally i think that definitely should be uh that's definitely a good reason to sue and definitely something that people should be speaking out against because if 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 that's the only place where you can where, so, where you can buy a game from sony sony essentially can control the prices like if you go anywhere else for your digital games you can get them for good prices even with steam sales you can still find keys for games that are cheaper from any other third party site so that's the benefit of having these key sites to buy these games from and even though i mean i've seen a couple of them there aren't as many you can still get them for Nintendo Switch games and Xbox games. So that's definitely something that should be available for PlayStation gamers. Now, I know that a lot of console gamers might not care about about buying keys or even think about that, but that's definitely right. something that should still be an option for them to utilize mm-hmm. should they choose to do it. So yep. Sony should not be... So Sony should definitely should be fought against. This should be something that should be mandated and... I don't know because this is something in the UK if it's something that would benefit gamers globally or not. Um, mm-hmm. I know that at least for certain things that have been happening in UK, and no, especially something with I think for um, Microsoft Windows specifically, um, that's something that would only impact the UK or at least impact uh, the European Union. So mm-hmm. something like this, I don't know if it'll be something that would be local. I hope that it wouldn't be, so that way gamers outside of the UK, gamers in other parts of the EU, gamers in the United States, gamers in Asia, wherever, could benefit from that, and so that way they could buy their games digitally from any sort of key site. So I hope that it does go through. I hope that 
progress is going to be made there. Again, I don't think that the 30% fee uh, sh should hold up. I think that should technically be just thrown out just because of the fact that it's something that is applicable for a lot of other storefronts. So I don't, there's there's no case there. That that that's that's just gonna be thrown out. It should be thrown out. But definitely, I hope that this one though goes through. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, initially when I heard about this, I thought, okay, well, what what's the big deal? But then, you know, it pointed out that we are getting to a point where eventually we're we're not going to have physical games anymore. And if Sony's the only... I mean, if Sony's only selling their games or, you know, any, any digital games specifically through their store and their store alone, that is definitely an issue. Like, I hadn't even noticed that because... It was very rare. I, I, there weren't a whole lot of games I bought on PlayStation, and when I did, like unless it was something for Vita, for example, where I basically had to buy them digitally because the physical prices were just outrageous. Um, you know, like I hadn't even really thought about the fact that 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 they hadn't been selling digital copies outside of. But, you know, as I thought about it, I realized, you know, yeah, I mean, I've, I've bought digital copies of, like, Nintendo games, for example, like uh, Astral Chain um, a couple years ago. I, I bought that from Best Buy, and it was, like, 40 bucks, and the physical version was basically impossible to find, at least at the time. I think now you can get it. They probably have reference out, but um, it's like, okay, I can't, I can't get a physical version, and I... I you know, it was a good enough discount to where I thought it was worth going for. And, I, you know, I bought it and played it and enjoyed it overall. Um, but, you know, like with PC games, I, I mean, like, I'll buy games through Steam a lot. But sometimes I'll go, I mean, I'll also go through Green Man Gaming. Especially if I want to get a game, like, right when it launches. Like Ghost Runner or... Uh, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, um, at least one of the two Spider-Man games that I bought, um, you know, s several games like that where usually I can get 20% off if I go through Green Man Gaming, and if I buy it directly through Steam, I have to, you know, spend full price, you know, I'm gonna go through another site, and, you know, there's, there's a whole lot more competition on PC, um, and so it's just a matter of, okay, you know, when there's that competition, then it benefits the consumer. But if Sony controls the prices altogether, they can charge 100 bucks for a game. And there will be, you know, the pay pigs who will definitely pay immediately. They'll, they'll spend $100 on a game happily without any problems. But then, you know, anybody who's not like that, who doesn't want to spend that kind of money they'll basically be forced to spend that money if they want to play those games. And depending on how they feel about those games and everything else, they may do it reluctantly or they may just straight up abandon the platform. So... Yeah, I, I, I don't like this. And I hope that I hope that this lawsuit goes, goes through properly and that Sony has to do something different. I, I don't know exactly how, like you said, it will affect anybody outside of the UK but we'll take a look at this and see what happens. Definitely keep an eye on the story and uh, all that. Uh, any other thoughts? 
No, I think I think we uh, I think we covered everything that I was feeling. All right, so um, since since it's getting pretty late, we're probably not going to really dive too much into the Steam sales or anything else. But uh, before we get into our recommendations and dissuasions, are there any? Have you noticed anything within Steam sales or other you know other sales that you want to? Uh, point out to people as, as you know, good deals worth worth your time, worth your money? Um, I think one thing that it'll probably drop more, but I think it's something for people who have been looking forward to playing this game and definitely didn't want to spend a full $60 would be Lies of P. That's down to, I believe, $48 uh, as part of the Steam sale. And it's from, uh, like a lot of people have said that it's a very good Souls-like. Um, the style is definitely reminiscent somewhat of Bloodborne, so it, it would be something that's closest to what we would expect. Um, again, you could probably get wait longer and get it for a cheaper discount. I'm probably going to wait a little bit more, but I think that if it's something that you really have wanted to play and you can't wait anymore, but you didn't want to play, pay a full $6, that's something you could go ahead and get. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure it, for, from my standpoint. Like, I've, I've definitely looked at some of these sales here. I ended up buying several games that were significantly discounted. Um, I got the, all three Max Payne games because mm. I've been wanting to get more into the other Remedy games. And, you know, I think each of them was like four bucks or less. Um, I, I grabbed Zone of the Enders, which is one of Kojima's PS2 games that I've heard good things about and another game called Beyond a Steel Sky um, I have Beneath a Steel Sky which was like a really old um, early Windows game and I never actually finished it so I got through through GOG free many many years ago and um, but this is supposed to be a sequel to that as far as I understand and so I think at some point I'm gonna to have to probably play through these. So, anyway, but yeah, um, I, 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 one, one game I will point to that's well worth your time, which is uh, currently discounted, sixty percent off, is a little indie game called Gunpoint. Um, really, really good game. Uh, it was something that a friend introduced me to many years ago. Um, actually, probably about ten years ago. And, um, actually, no, no, it wasn't that long ago. It, it was probably, it was probably like nine years ago. Anyway, the point is, is that it's a fantastic game. It's got a great soundtrack. I definitely recommend if you buy it, buy it with the soundtrack. Because the soundtrack is great. I, I have included some of the music occasionally, um, in the video versions of the podcast. So it's, uh, really excellent. It's got, it's got like that, um, heavily pixelated 2d art style but it's also like super detailed in a sense and it's it's like a it's a stealth puzzle game and uh, it's got like a detective story behind it it's like a noir setting and uh i don't know it's just super good the 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 only thing i don't like about it because you can go through most of the levels and uh you can do it without being seen or heard and the entire thing, and I got through basically every level that way, which is just, it's super cool when you're able to pull that off. Um, 
But there's like, I think there's like two levels where it's actually impossible to do that. And it bugs me that, that you can't do that in like, it's like the first level and I think maybe the last level where it's actually impossible to do that. And the rest of them, you, it, it's possible to do. And uh, It's just a super interesting game. Really, really worth checking out. So that's, that's the one game that I, w- I want to point people to that would be completely under your radar. I don't think it came anywhere but PC. Um, it is technically playable on Steam Deck. It's... I I think when I tried it out, it didn't work as well with button controls, so you kind of need to use the touchpad or connect the mouse. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, it, it's really good. It, it actually probably would work okay with button controls. I just, I haven't tried doing it, because I just played it with mouse and keyboard when I got it years ago. Alright, that's all I gotta say. So, uh, let's go into recommendations and dissuasions. Start us off. Alright, for my recommendation, I am... Oh gosh, I can't can't believe that I... I I, I had it, and then I just, like, lost And the sad thing is, it definitely was something that was... topical. Um, Oh yeah, now I remember. It wasn't topical, Um, so... My recommendation is if you, well, sort of recommendation to topical because it's Sony, if you are someone who enjoys DRM-free games, uh, earlier this week, uh, Sony shadow dropped yet another game on good old games. They dropped mm-hmm. Uncharted uh, Lost Legacy Collection. Yep. That is currently there, and it's on sale for $30. So if you're interested in buying your games DRM-free, that's an option for you to get definitely yeah and and i i love the uncharted games they're 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 a blast i mean they're not like the most unique games in the world but um those characters are really well written and uh especially i mean nathan drake is is a fantastic character nolan north is just perfect in that role uh yeah it's it's fantastic it's too bad that we don't have the other three yeah or the the one through three uh you know, as well as uh, Golden Abyss, which is which was the one that was on Vita. That's like a prequel. Um, I hope that eventually they'll bring all of those over. But like when we get those remastered, <laughs> right? But four is really excellent. I have not played uh, Lost Legacy yet. I have because I have I have this collection, the Legacy of Thieves collection, on Steam. But I want to finish replaying through. Um, two and three before I replay four and then play Lost Legacy. So eventually I'll get back to those and see if I can get those platinum trophies because I, I just enjoy the games. They're good, good games. All right, um, my recommendation is completely different. It's not video game related at all, but it is Thanksgiving related because Thanksgiving is tomorrow as of the time of this recording. By the time you hear this, Thanksgiving will already be over. Um. But my recommendation is a Thanksgiving leftovers sandwich. So I came across this recipe a number of years ago. It's super simple. And bear with me because part of it is going to sound odd, but it's incredibly delicious. So you take any bread, doesn't matter what you're using. It could be rolls leftover, wine rolls, crescent rolls probably would work just fine. You could even do this on tortilla. Put some mayo down. Then you do some of that leftover turkey. Then you do some cranberry sauce. 
and then stuffing. Uh, and, and it does work with cornbread stuffing, but I, I think in general using like, you know, the regular kind of stuffing that you would have in a turkey or separate if you don't like it that wet. Um, but just put that all together and it's like, ah, so good. <laughs> so good. It's like incredibly good. You just got to make sure you don't put too much of the cranberry sauce because it's good, but it's not. If you put too much cranberry sauce, it can kind of overwhelm the other flavors because it's got strong flavor. So, but it's really, really, really good. And even though the mayo might seem a little weird, having that along with the cranberry sauce, they're not touching each other. So just trust me, it's it's fantastic. You got to try it. it. You know, if, if you if you're a little afraid of it, just don't make yourself a big sandwich. Make a little, you know, take like a little <laughs> tiny dinner roll. Make yourself a teeny tiny one. Taste it. If you don't like it, you never have to try it again. But if you like it, you can thank me. Or <laughs> uh, whoever whoever came up with the recipe. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember where I found it. Oh, it might have actually... I think it might have actually been from the back of a stovetop box, now that I think about it. I can't remember. Anyway, it's amazing. Try it. Enjoy it. Dissuasions. Well, I'll, I'll, need to, I'll need to at least try a couple of the ingredients, because I've made sandwiches in the past with the turkey and the stuffing but i've oh, never yeah. had the cranberry sauce so that will be something that will will possibly take it to the next level it, it does it really does trust me so okay your dissuasion for the week dissuasion okay uh i i, I partially wanted to be just to say sony don't port last of us 2 to pc but um my dissuasion will have to be don't don't i guess i guess this one won't be necessarily gaming related don't give the people working retail a hard time uh they're they're gonna they're gonna be working hard uh this weekend don't they're they've gotta get to the store early they've probably gotta be there early on the night to get ready for the morning they're gonna be tired so be, be easy on them okay everyone and if necessary don't even go out this weekend there's still yeah. gonna be some more sales going on. Oh yeah, lots of them. Do shopping online. That's a, that's a good thing to do as well. Or you know, like wait until the dust settles and then go and you know take advantage of some of the sales. I mean, if you're if you're desperate for you know like a, a new TV or whatever, then you know you do you. But personally, like I just take advantage of things like the the discounted movies. It's a great mm. time to buy a bunch of discounted movies, like get movies for five or six dollars. Yes. Yeah. Get get some great Blu-rays, uh, things like that. You know, even the 4K ones, some of them are five to ten dollars for a 4K Blu-ray. And I don't have anything. I don't have any 4K displays or a 4K player, so I don't bother with the 4K. But I do go for the regular Blu-rays. Good deals. Uh, my dissuasion for this. Actually, don't have one off the top of my head, so just bear with me. Um, I think I'm probably going to say my dissuasion is talking about controversial topics with family during Thanksgiving. So, yeah, you know, whether that's specifically politics or uh, you know issues related to identity and sexuality and you know religion if that's a sensitive topic um 
I mean, it, that that one I, I'm I'm less against personally, obviously. But you know, just just try to have a good time with your family, and don't. I, I want to dissuade you from bringing up topics that you know are just going to make each other mad. So it's kind of like a combination dissuasion and recommendation because it's good to spend time with family. You know, as someone who was apart from most of my family for many years, because we all moved to Alaska, but in the end, it was only myself, my wife, and our kids that were still there for many years before we finally moved. Um, just, Just try to make sure that you're not getting into things that are going to make you mad at each other and just talk about good stuff, you know, and talk about stuff that you're thankful for. That's another thing, you know, I, I mean, there's obviously so many things we can talk about that, we, that we're thankful for, you know, uh, certainly, you know, for, for both Justin and I, you know, our faith is, is a huge thing that we're thankful for. And I know for me, you know, I can talk about my family church um you know various other things but you know like i'm thankful even for this podcast and for getting a chance to uh you know meet justin who is someone that like i I feel like we have a good uh rapport between us i mean we, we we basically only met each other like a couple months ago well i should say we only like officially met each other a couple months ago we've technically been talking for several years because we, we met through his videos on YouTube where I started commenting on his videos and you know then he started coming to my 24 hour live streams and talking to me a bit there and then we finally like actually connected and started this podcast and I'm just I, I'm I'm loving it because it's a great outlet for that and I don't have the time to put together a bunch of videos every week or even just consistently put a video out but I can take all of that and have a chance to talk with someone about it, someone that I actually really like and uh, like hanging out with and everything, but at the same time also have the opportunity to just talk about this topic because you don't always have that outlet and then also have the chance to put together you know something that I'm passionate about which is you know making a video where I get to spend some time editing things and adding video game music that I love because I listen to a lot of video game music. I don't know. It's just th- this has been has been a great experience so far. We're technically 10 episodes in or 9 episodes. I guess 9 episodes in. Even though this is only episode 7 because we had the two messed up episodes. But um, yeah, just enjoy this holiday. Um, obviously, you guys, I mean, anyone who's listening is not going to hear this until after Thanksgiving, but still just take some time to enjoy your family. Do that. Anyway, I said enough. So, any other thoughts before we uh, completely close out for the night? No, sir. I think that was a very, very good, uh, very good point you made there. All right. Well, where can people find you? You can find me on my channel, I am Zeracon. That's I I A M X C R A C O N. Uh, YouTube.com slash at I am Zeracon. I have an idea for a video I'm going to do. I'm not certain yet, so I'm not going to say what it is, but 
if it, if if I do make it, then it should be coming out soon. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. Well, you can find me youtube.com slash slash at the frozen gamer 87. Uh, my content is sporadic, of course, and more often than not, it's going to be live stream related. I'm putting more energy into this channel, the orange box podcast than anything else uh, from that standpoint. But uh, you will occasionally find me just randomly deciding to live stream. I'll probably do some during Christmas break. Um, but definitely make sure to check out Justin's channel. I am Zericon. Well worth your time. Puts out good stuff. Always thoughtful discussions and gets me thinking about things because I don't always agree with him on everything. Uh, he's he's sometimes more harsh on some things than I am, <laughs> but not like he's not not like the kind of person where. Well, I mean, if, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know what he's like. So you, you've already gotten a good idea of that. So you'll get more of the same thing minus me, which makes it better. So uh, it's it's already uh, good stuff and well worth checking out his stuff. So until next time, we are the Orange Box Podcast. Um, and I messed up my order there, but... Um, until next time, do not, and I repeat, do not start a sentence if you don't know where it's going. Orange Box Podcast, out. Out.